street gospel, light of the temple. Saw a swing killer live from the ghetto. The hood messenger, let him know hell's close. Blackberry on the devil in a black cloak. Yo, welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One, and this is episode number. Yo, Cam, what episode is this? <laughs> Episode number 76. Wow. Yo, listen, if you uh, checked out episode 75, Jesse Hogan from the Lexit movement. I mean, Jesse has an amazing story, man. This is a guy that grew up in the neighborhood, uh, went to prison, uh, got shot, uh, and he made it all the way to the White House. I mean, the guy is a great guy. Great testimony, great speaker. Uh, check out episode number 75. Great guy, Jesse Hogan. But today, we got somebody that I've been working on for a minute. <laughs> it's been, been a at, bit. It's it, been a minute. It's, huh? been, a, it's been a little bit, man. And, yeah. and we we like to play a little bit of music for the intro here. Oh, is this my intro? This is your intro. Wow. <laughs> this guy right here, he's a believer. He's a husband. He's a father. A pastor, he's a podcaster, an author. I mean, he's 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 pastor churches in, in multiple states. Yes, multiple states. Yep, and he pastors a church right here in the Southern California area, Gardena, South Bay, right there. I want you to give it up for Pastor Israel Campbell. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I, one question was that the South Bay kind of white pastor music? Because yours intros was way better, and then it kind of switched a little bit to kind of okay. like lo-fi for me. Is that okay. what it is? <laughs> That's exactly okay. what it is. I, I get lo-fi, or does every? Do I got to go back to seventy-five I, episode seventy-five? I, Did he get lo-fi too? I thought it was. Uh, this is this is my thinking. So. <laughs> When I pick the music, I go, okay, what type of guy do I have here? So to I'm me, a lo-fi no, guy. Is lo- that what you're saying? Lo-fi, okay. chill guy. Okay. Like South, I'm thinking like South Bay, like dude in the, not you, but like, I'm thinking like people that go to your church. I don't know what type of people go to your church. I'm just imagining this, right? Okay. South Bay type people, just real chill. They they, they just want to serve God and, and, and be in church. And yeah. I'm just thinking like, like. I just thought lo-fi, you can't go wrong. I, I, you know what? You're probably right. I just was, you know, I, I just, I was thinking of it first. I was like, am I in Kelly's, uh, Impala with the top <laughs> off or am I now in like, I don't know, like a seventies Carmagia with the top off, but either one See, is good. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking okay. like the seventies Carmagia. Okay. Cruising t- down, you know, just chill. Maybe you know me better than I know myself. I Maybe don't. I was trying too hard, so it's I, okay. I always tell, I, I mean, Pastor Adam, yep. you know, you know, Pastor Adam, he, he came in here and he goes, I finally made it to the Street Gospel Podcast. Uh, I, I didn't think I was going to make it on the Street Gospel Podcast. It, it seemed like it was, it, he was bar- pretty much insinuating, it seemed like it was a little too gangster for me. Okay. And I said, I had your wife on. And I go, but she is more gangster than you. She is. <laughs> she definitely is. So I get that. I think that's the that's the thing with the podcast. I mean, I think people think I, I like to have people that have great stories. Okay. And and, and, and great testimonies. I don't I, I mean it's a mix. I mean, we've had on everybody. Pastor Kelly. I think what I played for Pastor Kelly, it probably was like a I think it was like a, a punk uh instrumental and I and I blasted it. And I was just like 
you know, I was like, okay, let me play this for him. And he's like, yeah, man, dead Kennedys or something like that. You know, Pastor Kelly. Yeah. So he comes on and, and then I've, I've had on, what else did I had? I, I've had on different music for everybody. I try to play a mix of different stuff. Sometimes I don't, I don't even know. And I put it on. I but, love it. But I hope you like the local. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. And anybody that, like I would, I, you know, I want the street cred. So I was <laughs> hoping that you would, you know, give me something that would be a you little bit more. You got the street more. cred. Okay. But now the real truth is, yeah, I'll probably be driving home listening to lo-fi in my uh, commute. So hey, you, you nailed it. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you have the street cred. Okay. And I'll tell you why I think you have the street cred. And, and this is, this is, street cred to me is a little bit different. Like you. I think there's the the street cred, like this guy was in the gang and he got shot or he went to jail. There's that street cred, right? Or everybody knows him in the neighborhood. Yep. But I, I think in the in the in the spiritual realm, I think it's the street cred to me is a guy that leaves his home and travels across country and starts a church of all places, Gardena. Mm. Gardena's not the easiest neighborhood. I got some guys that work from G13 and uh, <laughs> they're they're pretty rough dudes. Yeah. So I think that's uh that that's pretty gangster to me. Okay. Well, I'll 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 take it and uh at the end of it you might pull my street cred card away from no. me as I drive back, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm it's such an honor to be here. I appreciate you coming out, man. Yeah. And it took a minute, right? Cuz we had some conversations. I think it was like in May yeah. and it's now whatever. I don't know if you even let dates go out in your podcast, yeah, but that's it's, fine. it's it's September, so it took a little bit, but yeah. I'm glad it worked out. Thanks well, for not giving up on me. I did it. And what I liked about you is you you always checked back with me. You're like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, you left out of the country for a little bit yep. and you came back and then you're like, hey, do you still want me to be on your podcast? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I, I was happy that you remembered us. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad. So where does Israel Campbell's life start? Okay. Because you, 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 you've pastoring a great church, flourishing church, right, in Gardena. Yep. Um, you've been, you've been around. I, I've, I've, we, this is the, Second time we've met, but I we met at real in passing at church, and I I think I introduced you to come. I think I introduced you at the conference. I'm not sure. Um, Then uh, you've preached a lot of my buddies' churches, Mm. so we kind of been in the same realm. And then you preach at my church, Pastor Adam, and uh, so I I think it's been pretty cool. It's kind of like we kind of like been missing each other a little bit. Seven degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, my story, and, and the thing is, I know that this is just a conversation and not an interview. It's what we talked about before the show. But um, yeah, my, I've got a crazy story. And it, obviously, it's God's grace uh, that did anything. But um, uh, born in Southern California. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So abandoned as a kid, uh, not too far from San Diego, Escondido. And abandoned. Abandoned. My what, what, bio- is, what does that mean? So, uh, my biological mom, biological dad, both uh, were doing drugs, had me, and my mom, in fact, um, to even go even a little bit in that, when I was born, I went through heroin withdrawals as Ooh. a baby at the hospital because mom was, my biological mom was shooting up. And, uh, and then. Um, they got busted for drugs, had to oh, go to wow. jail. And so they, they sent somebody to go, Hey, take 
baby Israel, take him before we get in trouble or whatever, and take him over. And so they dropped him off, me off, at Ruth and Victor Campbell's house. And uh, I didn't have anything to my name except they said I had a bottle of Coca-Cola. That was the only thing that would get me the sugar that would get me from, uh, you know, crying, you know, throwing, uh, you know, fits and all that stuff. And I had a diaper rash to my... um, the top of my neck and How so old were you? nine months whoa yeah seven seven to nine months old so uh ruth and victor uh adopted me and uh they were going to change my name because they were weren't christians and they were like israel who names their kid israel and uh you know they had no idea was it spin the globe you know like how did i get the name israel was i this close to being iraq i mean like what was (laughs) what was the deal and they um actually end up um they adopt me and they end up keeping my name israel because they were like he's he had nothing he has nothing like mm. he came to us with nothing. The only thing that he has was his name. So let's keep it. So um, Ruth and Victor, I get raised, uh, Ruth and Victor Campbell, they're not saved. And uh, what ends up happening is they actually are about to get a divorce. Ruth and Victor are about to get a divorce. Whoa. And Ruth looks in the classifieds. Remember those things? Yeah. Classifieds. Oh, yeah. Newspaper. We, we're old enough to remember that. Yep. Uh, not Craigslist, but uh, <laughs> looks in the classifieds and uh, was looking for an apartment to move uh, me and her into. And in the classifieds, or there was an advertisement for a church. And she'd never been to church. Whoa. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go to church. So her and I go to church for the very first time, never been in church, and I go to Sunday school, and that Sunday school class was talking about the Israelites, and so, and I was like, my people, these are my people, (laughs) I was about eight years old, and I never heard about the Israelites, didn't know anything about my name, and uh, she gets radically saved, I get radically saved, they go back, she goes back to Victor and says, hey, I don't want to get a divorce, I got saved, and I want to try to work out our marriage, and he's like, whatever, like whatever you want to stay, you want to, I don't care, but you know, you're not going to get me on this. So for two years, uh, her and I would, you know, we, we would always be praying for him to get saved and she would leave out. Remember those old school tracks, you, oh, remember, yeah. you know, Shake and, tracks. Yes. Oh, I love those. They were, so she'd leave that out or little books. And, um, he would like, we didn't know this at the time, but he would like lick his finger and mark where it had been. And then he'd pick it up. And he would read them, but would not open them up all oh the way. Oh, my God. And would read that and then would put them back right back. So for two years, we thought he wasn't ever interested, didn't know anything. Whoa. But really, he had read everything that was laid out. And so I came home, and um, I remember coming home from school, and there were all these people from the um, church there at the house, and everybody was crying. And I was like, well, you know, young, trying to figure out what happened. And they're like, your dad got saved. Whoa. And so he was like just radically saved. And he quit and changed his job, went immediately to Bible college. He's 40 years old, went to Bible college Man. and uh, graduated. And then, you know, they went, we moved to Seattle and launched a church and all that kind of stuff. And so that was Ruth and Victor Campbell. And that's kind of my start. And so, uh, yeah, and there's a bunch of other stories that then led us, you know, through all of that kind of stuff, then led us back to L.A. So it ties in with that. So this is like a 
kind of like a modern day Moses type of story. Like you get like a not abandoned, but I mean you get abandoned, but Moses did get abandoned, but he got pushed down the river there. Yeah, gets found by somebody, and they actually you th- initially think like maybe not the best people to get me, sure, and they turn out to be the best. The best thing for your life. The best thing. The best thing of the best thing. And um, just, you know, being a part of that that journey of um, faith, you know, all together. And then, uh, so it's pretty good. Uh, and then, so my parents, we moved to Seattle. And um, uh, my dad finished Bible college there. Went, you know, we were part of some churches. And then they launched a church. And, uh, when I was 16, so I, now I call them mom and dad. So I, I call, you know, in the beginning right. I said Ruth and Victor, but they're mom and dad. Yeah. And I think that's a big shout out to anybody that is, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be the biological parents. Right. They were the, they were my parents. And, uh, so 16 years old, my dad, who was the pastor of the church was my best friend, was my coach, you know, football. I mean, just model guy, just amazing people. For God. Yeah. Great people. Um, it was the day before his 50th birthday. Uh, so April uh, 12th, like 1988, and um, his brother took him. Um, they went on the Stillaguamish River, and they went kayaking. Now, it was the day before his 50th birthday, and for his 50th birthday, my mom had scheduled this entire like surprise party. So we had mo- his mom and dad family coming from everywhere the church knew about it was going to be a surprise party for the 50th birthday well it's the day before his brother asks him to go kayaking in the Stillaguamish river and which is north of seattle and because of the weather it's still kind of the water's cold well the kayak capsizes and um they they found that my dad had gotten out of the water and they found like his shoes, like he took off his shoes, and then they found toe prints that looked like he dove back in the water, probably for my uncle. But then they couldn't find him. And so that afternoon, um, we we had the church phone was also at our house. I don't know if you ever had any kind of like side <laughs> business or church thing. You so know, all I, kinds of calls. Oh, yeah. So I'd have to answer the phone and I couldn't say hello. I'd always have to say like, it's a great day at Victory in Christ Center. This is Israel. How can I help you? I think every old school uh, PK, right? Pastor's kid had to answer the phone like that back in the day. Yeah. It, I mean, ruined your game. No dates. <laughs> you know, somebody's like, hey, can I call you? Like, yes, but okay. don't call the house. I'll call you. (laughs) Yes, I'll call you. So I keep on answering the phone, you know, Victory and Christ Center. This is Israel. And they're like, where's your dad? Where's your dad? Where's your dad? And I was like, I have no idea where my dad is. And so finally, um, it it got on the news. It was the, you know, uh, all of that stuff. And we, we, somebody said, your dad's missing. Mm -hmm. It looks like he went in for his brother. We don't know where he is. He's probably out in the woods, disoriented and stuff. And so, um, we all, as a church, as a fam, all the family was already in town. And so we go out looking in the woods for him and I uh, can't find him. Did the old, um, I don't want to do it in the microphone, but the, like my dad used to whistle Absolutely. was like, that's time to come in. Yeah. And so I was out there 16 years old, whistling, hoping that, you know, he would respond or whatever. And we did that for um, three days, wow. could not find him on the third day divers actually found his body and so our church was 
devastated. Um, you know, just devastated because we, you know, we're, we're believing for miracles. We're church like yours, like right. believing for miracles, believing the impossible. And then when something like that happens, you're just like, what crushed. do you do? Crushed. So my dad's dead. Um, the church is in turmoil. What do we do? And I'm 16. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a Judah Smith situation where it was like, oh, the heir apparent, you know, right. or whatever. And, uh, and so it's just, uh, the church went bad. So then, uh, a pastor in the area, uh, his associate came, and it just got worse instead of better. And, and, and as a sixteen-year-old kid, what's uh, your life was pretty good up until that point, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, what are you are you blaming God? Are you questioning everything about your life? I mean, which is nat- the natural feelings for sure. Yeah, I think at that time, I didn't understand God. Wasn't necessarily blaming God, but he was the, my dad was the disciplinarian. So that was not good that he was gone (laughs) for me. My mom is in massive depression and massive. And then my Christian friends didn't really know what to do with it. I don't think they knew how to handle it. And so then my non-Christian friends actually kind of did like, Hey, our goal is to not let Israel be alone. Our goal is to like, like intuitively without them knowing, they just like wow. really embraced me. But then we'd be getting in trouble and partying and, you know, all of that <laughs> stuff. But it was more like a, and the Christian friends, like, you know, like they, they didn't know how to handle, I think maybe didn't know how to handle loss or handle, yeah. you know, all of like when you're believing for a miracle and all of that kind of stuff. So I kind of had a little bit of a period of um, backsliding, but not, I mean, bad. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't terrible. It was, you know, all the stealing and the, uh, I'm not trying to get on the street cred stuff, nah, uh, stop, stop. you know, the partying and stuff, but, um, teenage stuff, teenage stuff, right. Pretty much. And, um, but then the pastor that took over my dad's church and we gave him everything of my dad's, like we gave him the, the library, you know, the theological books, the the suits, you know, everything, wow. just the car, the vehicle, the church van, you know what I mean? Yeah. Gave them and just were like, you know, really believed in them. And two years later, he gets up to the congregation and says, hey, everybody, um, God told me to marry my secretary and my secretary is going to marry, my secretary's husband is going to marry my wife. So wife <laughs> swap. Before the TV show. Wait, in front of the congregation, he says. In front of the congregation. And uh, and so from that was the moment that it was like before with my dad, it was like, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't understand God. But then it was, okay, I love God, but I hate his church. Like, I just was like, this is ridiculous. And like this the church was gone. You know, nobody right. wanted to come back to a path. Like maybe there was the next week somebody came like, maybe I can upgrade. I don't know what they were thinking, but pretty much everything that my parents, you know, about church plants, everything that they uh, put towards was like gone in like that. And so then it was just kind of like that, that teenage um, rebellion or whatever. It was more like, yeah, I've I'll always loved God. But his church, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm done with it. And let me, let me ask you about so. So did you? I asked a lot of people that come up in the podcast, and I asked them about an encounter. Yeah. So you, did you? You had an encounter as a as a as a kid. 
Because I think that's what, even if you rebel, I think that's what keeps you, uh, you know, like, there's a little bit of the Holy Spirit still tugging at you. You might be doing what you're not supposed to be doing as a teen, but if you had the encounter, kind of the Holy Spirit keeps a little tug on you a little bit. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I really did. I loved God. And, and and even at a young age, like 16 or stuff, I had gone to a Christian school. And my parents had, you know, really done. In fact, I think it was when my dad died, actually. My dad died. A pastor paid for me to go to Christian school. Oh, wow. And in that environment, I excelled, uh, went on mission trips. Really, I loved God. But it was, you know, a little bit of that window of dad dying without the discipline. And then this knucklehead who ruins my dad's church that I was just like, whatever. So that's kind of when I got into more trouble. But I did have a mom that was a prayer warrior. And so I can remember coming home and like, get like, she was so depressed um, that uh, and but she worked early in the morning. She worked at like she had to leave at like five thirty in the morning. So if I got home at five, uh, <laughs> it was good because she'd go to bed at like eight, and so I'd have to wait at home eight o'clock, sneak out, then get in by five. I had a, a nineteen eighty Honda Civic hatchback, there you go. and uh, I could, and it was a um, um, manual. And so if I could come going at about forty into my neighborhood, roll right in. I could roll <laughs> right in, and then slowly pull up the emergency brake because we lived on. <laughs> a hill to do it and I could sneak in or whatever but um yeah I just I I would I would go into the house and I'd lay down on my pillow at 5 30 you know and I'd be like what is what and my pillow would be soaked my mom had gotten anointing oil and had been anointed it I wow. couldn't even open the door because it was like all this like oil I'm like what is going on <laughs> and so it, you know I, I had the encounter but I also had a mom that was praying for me and so I think that that was really the moment that I kind of you know started to pull back in wow and how long did you maybe go through that phase or the, the kind of rebelled a little bit yeah i mean it was slow at 16 it was probably 18 to probably 21 that was like you know again good not good these moments you know if it was a girl that i liked that was a christian okay then i'm gonna go buy the amy grant uh cassette <laughs> amy grant yes oh, bro michael w smith oh. to try to try to win her back and then you know when she was gone it, as long as you was, weren't buying carmen we're cool man no 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 then it would have be, to take your no, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what i would uh, then i would have the ll cool J- so i'd have ll but for the christian girl i'd put in michael w smith and then as soon as she was gone you know eject and put in ll Oh my god! And uh, so I had a little bit of going on, but uh, yeah, and, and just it was, I pretty got pretty depressed. Uh, got kind of kicked out of school. Nothing was really going great, and uh, and I had a guy that I'd known, um, and they, he invited me to church, and I was like, "What do you mean you're inviting me to church?" He's like, "Man, I just see your life." 
And I just, I want to invite you to church. And I'm like, I know more about Jesus than you do. What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, but man, you're like suicidal. You're mm-hmm. like, you know, all these things. And I'm like, what? And so I did. I went to church uh, and sat in the back row. And it was one of those, you know, just Holy Spirit moments. And I just, there was no, it was from then on, there was nothing else. I, I recommitted my life, wow. got back on track, and it was like, never went back to that, never went back to the partying or the guys or anything. It was just that day. And I just, you know, I was like, God, I love you. I'll do whatever you want me to do, um, except pastor. You know, I'll do anything. Uh, and of course, you should never say that, right? <laughs> yeah. I should have said, I, God, I'll do anything, but I will not be Tom Brady or <laughs> I will, like, I will not play in the NFL. But of course, you know, then, you know, that happens. And the next thing I know, I was going to Bible college and that's where I met Rachel and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just Holy Spirit prayers. And also I went to a church where nobody knew me. And I think that that was really important for me because of, you know, some people knew me from my, you know, my dad's church. And um, so I just went to a place where nobody knew me and it was, it was really what I needed. I, I tell people that sometimes, like like younger people that grew up in the church and they're struggling and they get to that 18, 21, 22 age and they're trying to break away from, you know, the church kid, you know, and they're not a kid no more. They're, yeah. adu- they're an adult and it's hard for them to break through and it's hard for people in the church to see them as an adult now, right? And this happened to me and my wife. So we grew up in the church, we're, we got married in the church and then we're, we're there and it's still, you know. David and Melissa teenagers or whatever and they were like no like we're and we left for like five years went to a friend of a friend of ours his dad's church and that was the best thing for us because when we we ended up coming back to that church and uh but now we're like you know 27 we have two kids yeah. and now we're not that but I always tell people sometimes you know before you get bitter or before you get in uh you know, like, oh, church, later for church. I'm just tired of it. Find another church and and, and, and establish your, your your own self, not what your parents had established in that church or Absolutely. anything else. I'm trying to find that somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, it can't work, but I'm saying sometimes when they get frustrated, like, it's better just to go somewhere else and then still be saved, but build, you know, build your own foundation. I, I 1,000% agree because I wouldn't have made it in the church that then my mom you know and, and elders and stuff were going into and it was a great church yeah they had the best intentions totally yeah. and she was really kind of my mom was kind of sad for a little bit but i think every parent you know when you start seeing your kid do well yeah. spiritually and you know all the other things that then begin to happen then she was like oh no that was i'm so glad you right. did that and then i also as a pastor today and as a parent one of our uh kids um goes does not go to our church she's 20 and um she's part of a college that has the church and i love it for her and like you know then my other daughter she's the youth pastor so she's at the church um but i love like we're like no um if you're doing well that's all we care yeah. about and to be like possessive or whatever kingdom is big. Right. And then like you, you just don't know the who, how they come back. What's the boomerang. And then, yeah. you know, and then way more important, I want them to have their own personal relationship, not through their parents, yeah. not, you know, that. So if that works for you, then I, I agree with you. 100, 1000%. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Did you have a hard time once you came back, um, with any bitter feelings or about the church or were you sometimes suspect? 
I grew up in the church, so sometimes you're <laughs> you're a little. Uh, me and my wife always laugh because it, it it's like you have this sixth sense about people and and church, Ooh. and you read people a little bit, and sometimes it it it, it got very judgmental, and you would you would. Oh, they're not going to stay saved. Or, <laughs> you know, you, you build this thing. But did you ever have, because of everything you went through, everything you've seen, was it a little hard for you to kind of start over and start new and, and start with a with a clean slate? Yeah. So um, my story uh, is, you know, you heard my story. Rachel had a kind of similar but different. You know what I mean? That's what um, how we connected, my wife Rachel and I, like, oh my gosh, our stories of what the church hurt. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the things it could have. But it was almost like a, a grace, I think, came upon us where it was like when we finally said, um, okay, God, I'll, if you want me to be in, ch- like, lead church or help, we'll do it. Um, no, no conditions. But like the only, I think, condition is it was in our mind is like, but it's got to be different because of, of exactly what you said. So yeah. instead of being, you know, hurt by it, it's like, okay, how could we lead this different? Or what are the dreams? What did we see that we're like, no way, yeah. never going to do? And what are the things that we like are drawn to that could be, you know what I mean? And so I think that that really helped us. And um, yeah, I, I don't think... Yeah, I, I, and then I think a lot of the things I remember being in Bible college and God really working on like forgiveness, yeah. and uh, and so the guy that took over for my dad's church, I think I was a little bitter about that. Like, what a what a knucklehead. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so I can remember the Holy Spirit like, hey, you need to forgive him. And I don't know if you the process of forgiveness, like the first time you're like. You know, you can start praying for him. <laughs> the process of forgiveness. Yes. I love that you say the process. Because oh, that first time yes. I think I prayed and I was like, God, don't, you know, I know you love him. So don't give him a lot of leprosy, just a little <laughs> leprosy. You know, I mean, that's whole, total Bible college prayers. But then, you know, the process and then like, you know, I don't know, three, four weeks, maybe six, eight weeks later, I'm like, yeah. God, you're so, you're, you are the God of a million chances. I'm so glad you gave me Right. A chance, give him a chance, you know, and it started kind of praying for him. And um, uh, by that time, I think I was youth pastoring, had this massive event that was, you know, those Halloween, um, you know. Harvest night. Yeah, things, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we, we had it for thousands of people and I was the youth pastor. So it was my event, had it. Guess who shows up to my church, my event? was the guy that had like pretty much destroyed my dad's church. But I had gone through that process. And so when I saw him, I'd like yelled his name, Dennis. And you, he turns and looks and you could tell like he had not seen me in these probably, you know, maybe five, six, seven years. And then like, you know, just the, maybe the shame or the, what is Israel going to do? Right. And so I just ran up to him and like, I honestly in me gave him the biggest hug and was like, man, it is so good to see you and your family. Uh, what, you know, here, you know, give you some tickets, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that I I said all that not to, Oh, you know how good I am, but I think it answered the question of how, I think God really helped me like forgive some people and right. to forgive some things. So it wasn't uh, this. Oh, now I'm just yeah. frustrated. I, I think I think what you said was which was good was the process. I, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, you know, um, especially like I know you guys uh, do a, a marriage podcast mm. talking about marriage and things like that. And I tell people, and they and they, they freak out sometimes because I'll, I'll you know I'll tell the husband or my wife will tell the wife like. 
it's a process for the forgiveness. Yes, you forgive, but it's going to take a little bit of time. And the the spouse that did the other spouse dirty is always like, well, they have to forgive. God forgives us, and 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 and, and I said, no. no, it's not that easy. We're we're human. It, it, things come into our minds sometimes. Yes, we we're fighting it, but it's going to take time, and it's going to it's. It, I always tell them it's like God, um, like when you ask God for forgiveness, but you keep committing the same sin. Like God will forgive you every time, but isn't it better to repent and not do it again? Yeah. Like that's, you know, so, but I love that that you said about the process. I always feel like, yeah, there's a process. It, yeah. We're working our way to that. Like we, we, we forgive, but it's, it's going to take time. And when they're like, no, it shouldn't take time. We got to be like Christ. He forgave us. And I'm like, it sounds great, bro. Yeah. But in reality, it, it it's, it's not. And I, and I made a, I made this analogy the other day to this guy. I told him, if if you lend somebody money and they don't pay you back and they come to you and say, hey, I'm sorry, I, I, but I just can't pay you back, right? Let's say you, you give the guy another chance a couple of months later. You lend him money. He comes back to you and says, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know what? I, 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 I can't pay you back. I'm sorry. You forgive him, right? The guy goes, yeah. And I go, would you lend him money again? And he goes, Probably not. And yeah, I go, great so analogy. does that mean that you that you didn't forgive this guy? No, it just means that you're being wise. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a process of that, right? I mean I think so. I, I think there I think we get too uh I think sometimes we get too overly spiritual and I think we forget we're we're human and God's still working on us a little bit. Yeah. And um I I would tend to, and I know the power of the Holy Spirit is so, you know, he can do that, but um, I would tend to not think it was really true if there wasn't a process. You know what I mean? And so a good good stake, a good anything, usually there's a process to it. So when it's instant... You know, have you had instant coffee? Like, <laughs> oh, that's a good analogy. <laughs> like, come on, you want the instant for forgiveness? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes, it is because of God. Yes, but the process yeah. is is pretty. Is pretty let's crazy. let it simmer for a little bit. Oh let's my gosh, it. I don't know if it if it's the same kind of story, but I just read this, um, and I've been just I've been trying to wrap my mind around it. But there is, um, there is a star. Uh, supernova that they're really nervous about, that NASA okay. and everything. They really feel like, from what they can see, is that um, they figure that it, 10,000 years from now, it is going to explode into this supernova and, you know, black holes and all that stuff, which is which is crazy, right? And I guess you got to be afraid of those things. I don't know. <laughs> but the craziest part is, is that um, for that, it's so far away that for it to happen in 10,000 years, it's already happened. And so it's, it's like, it's already happened. And so we're fearful that it might happen, but it's probably already happened, you know, so it's just Before, this weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the person was just saying, somehow tying it to God, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we say things like, well, with God, it's forgiven, today yeah but it's also forgiven in the past and it's also through that but we're still walking in this linear time right like what you said you know what i mean so it's right. easy to say well with god it's instant but that's because he's the god of yesterday today <laughs> There's no time to him. and forever we're still we're we're still walking towards that 
which has already been done. Like, right. you know, so that supernova thing just got me like, what? Like, it's weird, but that's God's timing yeah. versus our timing. And so I, I agree with you. Process, process. Yeah, me, me and Kim, we were, we were talking about uh, a couple years ago. My, my dad passed away and, uh, in 2001. He was 45, right? Oh, I'm so sorry. So he passed away, and we were, me and Cam were talking about it, and I was saying, hey, if we, we did the math, if, yeah. if, if, if a, a thousand, thousand years is like one day to God. You're going to be there 12 minutes later. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it would be, thir- it, my dad would have been gone. He was gone 20 years. That's 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so I said, if we were caught up with Jesus right now. We went to heaven. I, we, we, we see Pop. And up there, and, and he would be like, "Hey, where you guys been at the last half hour?" That's like one episode of Family Feud. <laughs> right. You're like exactly, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's like that to 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 God." And I was like, "That's a good way to think about it, you know? Yeah. Like that's a, that's an amazing way to think about it. like it's thirty minutes." God's like, "Yeah." He took the elevator, and you were taking the stairs. Yeah, the long route. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that helps sometimes, huh? Just and God, that's how amazing how God is, and and then how finite our time is and trying to wrestle with that and then trying to wrestle with you know when you start putting those things together then you really realize wow and it was a process for me i'll bet it was a process it it took time it took you know you're 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 angry you know and 20 years now yeah still processing right some moments yeah there's sometimes when i when when i process i i think you know cam's the heir to the throne here I'm hoping he has a million sons. You know, we can carry on this. No name. pressure. <laughs> no pressure. But I, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, like, man. Is he going to try to be like Wilt Chamberlain when you were oh. like, when you're saying that, that kind of guy? Like, I no, hope not. No pressure. <laughs> Sean Kemp, what's going on? Okay. Yeah. I hope not. Okay. Okay. He finds one. Yes. Then we get, like, yeah, like, yeah. At least three. Yeah. They can have three. Then, we, then we're back up. Okay. But we're, you know, we're down to the last one here. So yeah, I guess there is a little pressure on him. But yeah, I, I think there's, yeah, there's times when I do process things and things remind me, I'm sure like you, you yeah. know, things, you know, music or a, a song or, you know, games, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, when Kobe retired, I'm like, man, I, I watched, you know, these games with my dad, you know, I, yeah. I remember sitting there watching the championship game, Kobe playing and, you know, and things like that. It's, it's still a process and the whys always come up and I, I I've learned to accept it and, and, and that's just part of it and i i've learned not to i wouldn't say question god because i did and i was at, and i told god before i'm, I'm angry you know he, my dad died this is this doesn't make sense this is stupid yeah. and uh i went through all those emotions and i tell people all the time you're gonna it's a long process like it 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 it, it, it never stops hurting it just hurts a little less yeah, I think Mother Teresa was quoted as um, with some of those things like, yeah, when we get to heaven, God has a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. And I think that's just helped me sometimes is like, I don't know the answer. I, you know, and then if you try, you can hurt yourself trying to figure out why, oh, yeah. you know, there's oh, yeah. all these like, you know, all those kind of things. And so just sometimes just not knowing is a little bit easier. Like, I don't know when I get to heaven. I do have enough faith to know that somehow uh, he'll know why, and it'll be a lot better than what I thought, you know. Yeah, so way better, and, right? Yeah. We'll but the- I think that's so true. So those moments, like, you know, some of these times when you have certain guests on and stuff like that, or it's the best show, or you, something cool happens with your son, it's like, 
man, I wish my dad was there to enjoy yeah. that. And so that's difficult. Yeah, even when I had Ke- Pastor Kelly on, he was he was uh, he told me this great story of my dad I've never heard. Wow, you know, and he was just like, yeah, you and he just broke this whole story down, and I was just like, dude, thank you. How special! Yeah, that? thanks for sharing that. And that 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 touched my heart, man. It was it was an amazing thing. So, yeah, I've learned to accept like, okay, it's okay to say I don't know. Yeah, and then the other things that I think on those situations, like for me, is I, I lost my dad uh, at an early age. You did too, um, but now like. You know, I get to be a dad yeah. and I'm going to make up for it, you know? And so, um, the walks that I missed, the talks that I missed, right. that I'm going to make sure. Uh, so this morning, um, it was crazy. Uh, I knew, you know, I'm about an hour. So I'd, I'd done the, how long is it going to take me to get there? And then I <laughs> yeah. subtracted 15 minutes cause I know how fast I drive and, uh, was, you know, it was plated and I was, I was driving back, uh, from the gym and I saw that there was a car, sh- old car show. So I woke up my son Silas. I was like, Hey man, I, th- I think it could be closing pretty quick. I'm going to be gone. So I won't be able to do it later. Let's go look at these old cars. Nice. So I snuck five minutes, you know, woke him up, snuck five minutes to go look at that. But that was, I, I missed that from yeah. my dad, but I got to do it with my son. Right. And which doesn't necessarily take away all the pain, but it is a way to um, kind of, uh, project or to make that pain bearable is by what you do. Like with, you know, look at you guys, what yeah. you're doing. So it's yeah. kind of cool. It's, it's a great consolation prize. There you go. I mean, it's, it's probably the best, you know, yeah. to, to be able to say, okay, I can, I can do this with him. I can spend time with him. I can have fun things with him. I can share with him. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's part of like what you said earlier, how you could have been a, a, a bitter person or you could have, blame the church for everything but you kind of take the negatives i mean that's life right you take the negative things and you turn them into like how can i make this a positive thing i mean i i I would assume everything you went through as a kid made you a good makes you a good pastor yeah oh man isn't that the truth right it it can what is it bitter or better yeah bitter or better and you're able to identify with people and and really connect and and when they come to you and say well i was i came to your church i got burned at this church and you're like yeah i know what that is (laughs) totally yeah and the only bad part about it is i I, and i hopefully this is okay to say you could help me is like We've become wimpy though. Society yeah. is wimps. And so when they tell me like, yeah, like I'm not in church anymore because this happens. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like church, church is, yeah. No, and I know it's real, but it's at real, the but... same time, like step up or yeah. like you just need to know some other people's stories. Yes. Um, and then you would go, oh my gosh, this is really minor compared to, you know, so there's some people that I'm like, number one, that they're still alive, you know, that they didn't commit suicide. Then number two, that they are still Christians. You're like, what the heck? And then you find out that not only are they Christians, but they go to church. You're like, whoa. I mean, you have every excuse. And then they're not just going to church, they're pastoring or leading. And you're like, come on. And so, yeah, I just think sometimes we've got to, you know, step up a little bit maybe we've uh maybe we've played i don't know what what, what is it when you play football without what well, do you agree or yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, no no i agree with you i, I, no, I look <laughs> i have two points I, I was we talked about pastor kelly care church kansas city 
episode. I don't know what episode. Cam will look it up. Uh, he came in on. We we kind of t- t- talked about that a little bit. And he, he just flat out said, when you get to heaven, that's not going to be an excuse. <sighs> I mean, you talk about being hardcore like that. that he's right, though. Yeah. Like, I think people think, uh, you know, I was watching a, uh, a documentary and it was about a big organization that went, fell. And, and, and one of the girls were like, yeah, I don't go to church no more because of that. And, and episode 30, Pastor Kelly. Um, and I just thought, like, that's not going to be an excuse when you stand before God. So I, 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 I agree 1000% with him. Is church hurt for reals? Yeah, it is. But I think, like, what do we think? I think like people are human. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to hurt you. You're going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes in the church. I look back when I was younger oh. and I think like, yeah, I could have been nicer to that guy. Yeah. I, I, maybe I joked around with him a little too much. I mean, I, I, I mean, he could probably say, you know, I, I saw a guy I hadn't seen in years a couple of weeks ago and he gave me the shine and I was like, what the heck? And obviously he was hurt by something, but I was like, well, I guess I messed up on with that relationship. I don't yeah. know. But I think as Christians, we kind of think like we're not going to get hurt or, or this Christian brother or even a pastor is not going to hurt me or hurt my feelings. And yeah, we've kind of gotten a little soft on that. I think super soft. And of course, we care for anybody that's gone yes. through something. And I know there's abusive situations yes. and all of that. So we get that. But that's the whole thing. Like, But that's what, like you said, what makes us better is those situations. And then the work of the Holy Spirit, the difference is... Um, you know, like, why, why could you still be a, you're a Raiders fan. How could you be a, there we go. how, no, seriously, like, uh, how many times have they disappointed you? Have you it's seen the, lot. have you seen the owner's haircut? I mean, dumb and dumber are, should be getting royalties. It's like, what? He's awful. He's off. I mean, and the decisions that they make He's and, awful. and these things with the coaches, I mean, only oh, the Raiders, man. right? But you're still a Raiders fan. And what yeah. is the deal with like so you're you can be a Raiders fan but you can't be a church fan <laughs> the one thing that like is God is coming back for you can't realize there's going to be tough seasons there's going to be there's going to be oh one in seventeen oh seasons my God. Do, I mean do, I hope they don't come back to us the, seasons no but do you know what I'm saying it's just like yeah I think we got to toughen up and then also know that. There's just, yeah, there's not an excuse. And part of it is, you know, I just heard somebody also say something about part of the problem with the politics right now. We know we're so bipartisan and yeah. so uh, on each side. Is one of the things is what's happened is um, back in like the 60s and stuff, what would happen is they would all have to um, live in Washington, D.C. And so you would have a Democrat and a Republican. Their kids would go to the same school and they'd be on the same T-ball. Oh, wow. So they would disagree on politics, but they had to do life together. And because of that, then they could work on, hey, could we change this? Come on, Timmy's on my T-ball. And you know what I mean? <laughs> and so they would work on things. So like they would be more partisan and, right. and would work on stuff. But then now you can, you know, do your vote from where you live, right. you know, Washington or Florida, instead of living together in Washington, D.C. And the church, the whole part of getting church hurt is working it through. You're going to be better. You're going to make that person better by telling them, yeah, that stunk. But just leaving, just quitting on the Raiders, what are you going to do? No, you're going to quit You're going to quit on the Raiders and become a Chiefs fan? Never. Come on. I've had friends that have done that. 
well, they're not friends. No, yeah, they're not friends anymore, and I, I, I don't expect, I don't expect them to be loyal to me or anybody. So I, 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 I've cut them off. Yes, good, you know good, I mean? good, I good just, man. You know what? You need to leave the church. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's so true though. I, I, I think uh, you're going to experience that, and I, I don't, and I don't think any real pastor is going to tell somebody you'll never experience hurt in my church. Like it, it, it's like there's obvious things you won't experience. You're not going to experience. Pastor Israel saying, I'm going to marry my secretary now. No. <laughs> okay. But there's stuff like you're not going to. My secretary is my daughter right now. So that would <laughs> be really not. awkward. <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So, I mean, I think that that we forget. There's just things that you can't. I mean, and people get hurt for the dumbest things nowadays. So sensitive. They, they didn't tell me hi. No, you know, or somebody didn't talk to me or somebody said something on social media. I'm leaving. I mean, we were with a, a, a couple yesterday and they were, they were mad for, for a prop that was in a, a play they did at church. And they said it was, it was, it was demonic or something like that. And it was like, wait, it was just a prop for the play. And they left the church for that. And it was like, what? Like, I mean, it's just an, it's an excuse are you really hurt or what's the deal are you just using this because you think that you're, you're going to get to heaven and tell god i was hurt that's why i didn't serve you sorry oh we're so sorry about that prop you were so come come sit next to me on my throne you were the only one were bad you were the only one that was offended by the prop please no it's true i think i mean we we, we want to be sensitive but part of like that's part of christianity is um, and the be- a beautiful church is a church that people, I, I, I don't know if I, I'm saying this right, so correct me, but part of church is hurt and people hurting and, and working together working and working through it and forgiveness and God's grace and sl- church should be like, it's tough. When Paul writes to the church of Corinthians, yeah, I was going to say that right it's, now. It's a, it's a hot mess. Yes. There's some, there's some sin there. And so if you're looking for the perfect church, you will never ever find it. And that doesn't mean we stay in bad toxic situations. You know, I'm not yeah, trying to say that, but, like that. Yeah. but I do think there's some moments where it's not perfect and and that's why it's okay that you're still there. Yes, because <laughs> you're not perfect. And then what do we do? I think that that was one of the things too is um, learning that sometimes the things that bug us, our own um, taste buds, are maybe what God's actually causing that you could maybe bring strength to the church. So I don't know for sure, but like maybe in your church. Um, because you guys are so excellent with your video and your audio and stuff like that. Like if you saw a problem that would bug you, like, oh, we got to fix that. We got to make that tighter. We got to do that better because you're gifted at fixing it. And so there could be another thing where you're like, I don't care about the nursery and how many (laughs) diapers they have folded nicely. Maybe that's not what you're gifted at, but somebody would be. So sometimes the things that frustrate us should actually be, oh, God's created me to help fix this. Right. But what we do is we just get frustrated and leave. And you were actually the one that could have been the conduit to bring change right. or transformation. So I think we've got so many people that aren't in the church. Well, they did this to me. They did this to me, or they didn't say hi to me. Then why weren't you on the greeting team? Right. Did you say hi? Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. Your frustration should be your motivation. 
there. You articulated it so much oh. better, right? I think if you're frustrated at it, if you see a problem, if you see something that's not happening, then fix it. So your frustration should be your motivation. motivation. You can use that. Go ahead. Boom. I'm sold. Use that tomorrow. <laughs> first time. First point. First point. Like I've always said, you know, because yeah. that's what pastors always say. <laughs> One man said, or the, like I first always time, said. Yeah. First time you give him the quote, I give, I give you the shout out. Second time, somebody once said, and then the third time, like I've always said. That's funny, man. Frustration turns into your motivation. Yeah, It's true. It should. So somebody that is like upset at church because they didn't greet them, it's probably because they're called to hospitality and create an atmosphere of warmth. Right. And so, yeah, it hurt you. So fi- be the person that fixes it, changes it. You so know that- how it feels. So yes. you should fix it. Yes. You don't like the prop? Isn't that the story of our lives as believers? I think well, it is. We, we, the redemption, right? Right. We go through these trials. We go through things. Why? Why Why am I going through this, God? And then we turn around. I mean, you don't know how many young men I've helped that their fathers have died. Yeah. Like, and I've and they come to me. Like, it, it, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. This is what what he, the enemy meant for harm. Right. God still has an ability to turn yeah. it to good. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I like to be called to do that ministry, no. but I, fi- I, I, it's a great consolation prize, right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a Powerful. great thing that I can say, okay, I can take this hurt and I can use it for good. You know what I mean? Let me, let me use this for good. I think Powerful. I think that's the, I think that's the power of, of, of us as believers. Like, man, you can take what the bad things and turn them around and, and speak into other people's life for good. And I just think of, we were talking before the show, some of the guys that you run into that say, I've been listening to your podcast yeah. and you're like, I wouldn't even, or, you know, people you didn't even know. I think that those are the ones where um, Jesus says, I'm called to the lost sheep. So it wasn't the religious people. And so we've got a group of people that are out there that have maybe been hurt by church, been wounded or whatever. But I think that that's our harvest. You know what I mean? And they're going to come back. And it's like, they're not just going to come back. I think they're going to come back and be the greeters. I think they're going to come back and be, you know, those things that change that uh, and start getting motivated to do those things. And it's going to be a revival. And and I don't know about you, but like God can just so, we talked about God's timing and our timing. It could be a process, but the way that he... He brings restitution and and just how he just uh, does things can be like this yeah. And while we go through the process. I wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Elevate Ministries. Elevate Ministries is an authentic, passionate, and innovative church in the heart of Orange County, California. They strive to make their services welcoming and encouraging by intentionally engaging you in all senses to stimulate a spiritual hunger. If you're looking for a great church that's on a mission to change the world one person at a time, I encourage you to check them out at www.elevateministries.com and on Instagram at Elevate Ministries. I think that's awesome. Let me ask you this. Why pastor? Oof. And I, well, I got two questions. Why pastor? And people have a really weird concept of what pastoring is, especially in the world. They think, hey, Pastor Israel's living a great life off money from the church. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so easy. It's so great. I was telling a guy the other day, he was, he was, kind of going i was probably doing what i shouldn't do but he, he was going in on on, on the podcast on, on instagram 
and he was like, hey, all these Christians, you know, these pastors, and these, and he made the old arguments, you know, pastors don't pay any taxes, uh, they don't, they don't, uh, uh, they're, 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 he said they're wealthy off the church, I'm like, okay, you, you, you haven't been to the church as I've been to. <laughs> wealthy. Yeah, wealthy, I'm like, I don't think you know what that word means, wealthy, okay, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, you know, they, 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 they don't have to pay any taxes on, on property. And I, and I was like, I was trying to school this guy. I was like, if if being a pastor of a church is is so much of a moneymaker that you say it is, then why have more churches closed the last decade than, than ever before? Hello. In our, in our nation. I told them, not every church owns the property they're on. Many of them rent those properties. So it's, it's not it's not tax-free. They're, they're, they're paying. They're paying rent. Yeah. You know? And I go... Many of the pastors I know work a job, yeah, because they can't they, and they, they can barely keep the lights on. Did you know that uh, you probably know this stat better than me? Maybe less than ten percent actually. Less than ten percent of the congregation support the entire church finances. Sure, That's pretty pretty right. Yep, yep, right. And so I'm like, dude, like these are facts. You can look them up yourself. This is this, and, and of course he goes to where, where do you think he went to? Well, what about I don't know what was he saying. Joe Olstein and I'm oh, like, okay, gosh. Joe Olstein is one in probably thousands, thousands. Most churches are less than a hundred people, dude. I mean, yep. it's it's it, like you comparing one guy, like like come on. So, I mean, why pastor and have that scrutiny, or, or, or why pastor and go through the things that pastors go through? Yeah, I mean, all, all, everything that you said was so good, and what haters are going to hate, and <laughs> Judas goes, Judas says, that money should not have gone towards Jesus, it should have gone towards the poor, and then it, I think the scripture says, because secretly he was taking the money, so most yeah. of the time, uh, when people bring up those things, it's like, okay, well, let's let's just look at, you know, some of your personal finances, but yeah, I don't think anybody gets into church ministry because... No. Uh, they, they think it, like you said, um, and if you go through TikTok right now, you know, every every side hustle, what you should do, you know, uh, your L, and you get the LLC and you, then you do this and then you can pull out this loan. Like every, none of them is about starting a church. <laughs> There's no <laughs> yeah. like, this Go- is it. Google 10 ways to make a side hustle. It's not going to be starting a church. Never. It's <laughs> never. That's good. I like that. Uh, it's never that. And so I think you have to do it, um, you know, for me. Um, dad, you know, dad dies at 16 and, uh, didn't want to do it. Rachel at about that age, um, went to, um, her dad, their church started to grow and it got a little bit more, um, bigger than the elders wanted it to be. Cause when it was small, they could control it. So they came to the church one Sunday, Rachel 16 to lead worship with her mom and dad. And they had changed the locks and the board had voted them out and left a little, thing on there so talk about church hurt oh my gosh i know that's why i'm a little bit like come on man out yeah that's yeah. not it but um so i think we just because of people and uh when you that's why i do it is to see the transformation in people and then also looking at my life where i'm at if it wasn't for somebody that spoke into me and believed in me and you know uh knew that i was the 
pastor's kid, but didn't tell anybody. Like he knew my story, but didn't tell anybody else and allowed me to do that. And yeah, every week, I mean, just the stories of people in their life and what they're going through and that, you know, it makes it like that is why we do what we do. Uh, I had a, I had a, this week, just talking to my daughter, Phoebe, she's youth pastoring and, you know, learning some of this stuff for the first time. And she's like, so this is the story, this, this young man, a boy, we have a community group on Wednesday nights and, um, he, is changing his work schedule because he I, he's, he got this new job and he was really excited and he's like mom and dad I think I might have to quit and they're like quit you just got this job you have been trying to get this job for like a year and he's like yeah but they want me to work on Wednesdays and my community group is on Wednesdays mm. and I want to prioritize this and this was a family a year ago wasn't even Christ- they're Jews they're wow. Jews and they're now Christians wow that's what it's about yeah like seeing people make decisions that are going to change their life and um you know I, that's why I do it so I don't remember what the second question was this <laughs> no, is no, for people yeah for people yeah uh, I, yeah we I was kind of tied those two two, two but things it's the together. same thing with coaching so like Nick Saban gets paid a lot of money right now. Yeah. But Nick Saban, when they tell the stories of when they were like, you know, they, they, they were all sharing a house with like six, you know, guys yeah. out of football and they just love, and they'd go recruiting and they just loved yeah. coaching. And so they got into a place where the coaching now is what they love or they'd retire. They love coaching. They love mentoring or whatever. Now it's just gotten to a place that they might have some wealth tied to it, but their love for it never had that. And I even think guys like Joel Osteen and stuff like that, it's just not fair that they get, because I, I don't his dad sold the seed for years yes and right? like well what is he like he said like every book that he sells is a new york times bestseller yeah. what is he supposed to do like not do well on his books i think people think that everybody has to be like like homeless or or caravanning in a in a every pastor has to be like this this poor guy that eats you know rice every day and you know and travels in a busted up u-haul or something like that and sets up a tent and he's just living like john the baptist with you know honey and locusts in his beard and you know i i I don't know i i i I know maybe maybe i'm a little little biased because my my you know my wife her dad was a pastor and he was a working guy he worked at mcdonald douglas and pastored in pomona mcdonald douglas is in the south bay right down there in el segundo yeah working there coming home driving all the way home in Pomona and pastoring I remember them having Christmases when we were dating and I'll be like where's your tree you don't have money yeah you know I had Jay Gothier he was a friend of mine here and he's like he's he's a he's a millionaire now and he helped his dad's church and he said I just got tired of seeing my dad struggling we had nothing we I mean everything that we had was charged because every cent we had went back into the church yeah and I'm like like you have to be crazy or, you know, or really love God and what you do and people to take on that life. It's not what everybody thinks. And especially not now. I mean, people don't go to church anymore, yeah. you yeah. know, and people definitely don't give or have money to give. So I, I think to actually want to serve is like commendable and, and really like 
yeah, you really have to have the heart. It's there's no money to be made in pastor. <laughs> well, it was fun for my wife and I always just remember. I remember when we were doing, um, you know, youth pastoring and working full time jobs. You know, and just and then I can remember the first time when like the pastor was like, "Hey, we'd like to hire you part time to be like the youth pastor," and I'm like. <laughs> like, like I w- almost ruined the poker face because I'm like, they're gonna pay us a little bit to do. Th- we yeah. would have done it for free, you know what I mean? It's right. like because you, when you love it, yeah, then all of those things, you know, don't really matter as much. And, and there's uh, a lot of people out there that do, do that. I had I had Coach Mosley in here. He he had a, he was had a Netflix documentary, and he's they were getting paid nothing. What's mm-hmm. what's that show, Cam? Uh, that he, Coach Mosley. Um, last uh, I can't forget. I forgot. Anyways, was, huh? Last chance university. Last chance university. Yeah. So he's the, he's the basketball coach coach for East LA College. So in the first season, he's like, yeah, we we barely make it. Me and my wife because it's a community college. Yeah. He's not getting paid, and they're like, why are you coaching here, coach? Like, you're a great coach. So I love it here. Yeah. I love helping these kids. I mean, and he was getting, you know, uh, uh, Division One players that screwed up, maybe got Changing got up. got in trouble, and then their last chance was going to East LA College and playing f- for Coach Mosley. And he's like, I I, I love the, these guys that come in here. I want to help them. I want to help change their life. I want to give them a chance. You know, and I'm like, dude, like you're getting paid nothing. Well, the show blew up, blew up. Coach, I think they took care of Coach Mosley, but his his assistant coaches moved on. Yeah, got their head coaching jobs at other yeah. universities. You, you, they paid the dues. I mean, to me, it was like they did it for the love for years. He's yeah. not. He's not. A, he's, he's our age. He's not a young guy, but he finally got. Now he got paid. Yeah, and it's not a lot of money, but it's enough to take care of his family. I mean, but all those years you do it for the love. I think in the end, it, it like it doesn't. It's not about the money. Totally. And there are some principles too of like those guys, like, um, you know, just this, you like for me and my wife, we've just always been like, well, the church is not our source. God's our source. And we're just going to be faithful and, you know, just keep on being, and God's our source. God's our source. You know, this stuff. And it's just a crazy how God then can get involved. Yeah. And then now, you know, you could be hated. You're like, but it wasn't me. It was God. Sorry. Don't hate on me. Right. Uh, but you know, that faithfulness and that sewing and all those things are real principles that then you don't, you know, instead of, um, you know, instead of hating on guy, like, wow, if he could do it for them, then I know he can do it for me. Right. And, you know, kind of, inv- you know, having those things. I just love the, you know, the, the scripture that says the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so when you're hating on other people doing well, you'll, you, you're, you're just enclosing your own world. It's and when principle. you celebrate with somebody else, it's like, wow, yeah. man, I love that you're having that opportunity or God blessed you with that. Uh, you know, I, th- I think we have a, a friend where I think a person in their church died and they gave them a lot and so they were able to buy a, or build a house yeah. uh, and i think we have a mutual friend and it's yeah. like well how could you just not celebrate that like you know what i mean so instead of hating on it be like oh my god if you could do it for them then come yeah. on i'm right I, down the street i think about that when i pray for things that other people yes. would probably say you're crazy for praying for that i'm like no i know that guy 
I know what happened for him. Like, yeah. why not? So celebrate yeah. those things instead of hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I always, always, I just don't think that's the way I want to live. It's always, you know, all oh, those preacher or all oh, this person. It's like, why would you live that way when yeah. you could be like, come on, God, if you could do it for them. And then the other thing is, I've never given to a church. I've never given to a person. I've never given to a pastor. I've always given to the kingdom. Yeah. You know, me I'm, too. And so I, I'm, yeah, I may tithe, I may yeah. give offerings, but it's always, God, this is yours. Right. It was never mine, anyhow. And so if somebody does do something dumb with it, I got to be wise, but I don't have to, I, I trust God. It doesn't mean that my heart's not going to be, or my life's not going to be blessed. Exactly. Because I gave it with the right heart. Exactly. It's like when you give it to a homeless guy. Yes. And I tell people sometimes, yeah, five bucks, dude. You know, I know you're going to go into the 7-Eleven right here. When as soon as I leave, you're not going to buy a hot dog and some nachos. You're probably going to buy. But what if he does? A 40 ounce. Yeah. What if he does? Yeah. But what if that five dog? I mean, if he if he buys a beer, I doesn't doesn't it doesn't take away that I was generous with the guy. Doesn't, well, and Jesus says at the end, um, you know, they're all like, "What you fed me, you clothed me." You know, all those. Yeah. When did we feed you? When did we clothe you? Yeah. And it's like those things. And so, yeah, I just want to. I want to be. Generous in my love, generous in my time. That's why we pastors just to love on people, and uh, you know, yes, this generation is really why I pastor. I yeah. want to see them do better. Yeah, and it, fix it. What do you think about this generation? They're amazing. This is you know some people don't. They're nervous of this next generation. You know, words maybe entitled or I don't know. I mean, they've been. Karen by Karen's so like they that could is mess that you up. Camp? Some Karen's out there, <laughs> some Karen's. But okay, this is the thing. This is what I say is, have you seen? Okay, have you seen a skateboard guy out there doing the same trick over and over and over until he nails it? Yeah, and then puts it that's up why I don't on. Skate. Yeah, but like, like that's an amazing trait that this generation has. They'll. They'll do it until they get it right. right. And then, um, or the, you know, if they're playing um, Madden or whatever, they will figure out like the codes and they'll figure yeah. out all those things. They'll get the cheat code and they'll dominate. I love when he figures out stuff for me here. Yeah. I'm like, can you just figure this out? Yes. Are you my daughter? So can you just figure this out? They're brilliant. And then like um, their humor, like, you know, the TikToks, the different videos and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, very clever, yeah. very quick, like, you know what I mean? And then that technology thing. So I think they're brilliant. Um, I think that uh, as brilliant as they are, man, they also have some pretty toughs, don't you think? Like what yeah. they're being raised with is yeah. a little bit different. It is way different. School shootings, uh, being fearful of going to school. School yeah. is like, what? Um, you know, all the different sexuality things that are just messed up i think you know i think europe is starting to it's crazy because some of the th agendas that they're pushing now they're now having in europe because they kind of did that 10 years ago now they're starting to see why that doesn't work yeah and you know now they're starting to go oh that was dumb and we're right. still like oh this is the way let's but, try it uh, yeah let's try it but i think that all of that stuff is going to be difficult for them yeah yeah i i i, I used to be like this would make me sound old because then you start saying, well, back in my day, right? Yep, it's very yep. easy. And then you know when you start saying that, then 
you're in trouble. You want to take that right back because you know what that means. You're yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Right? So back in my day, we were, we were doing this and doing that. I mean, there was a lot of things. He trips out. I'm, me and Melissa got married 20 and 19. We were out of the living room. He's like, there's no way I can do that right now. There's no way. And I'm just like, well, okay. yeah, I understand. It's a different, it, it yeah. was a different time. But I, 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 so my thinking changed because I, the, the Lord spoke to me and he was like, you're complaining about the youth, but it was your fault for not showing them. Oof. Ouch. And I, and I said that at, at I, I, I preach at our church on Father's Day. And I said, you know, we, we complain about the youth. We say these things about the youth. Oh, back in my day, we did this. this. But the, in reality, we didn't show them. Yeah. We didn't show them. It was our fault. So grab a young guy. Girls, grab a young, a, a young teenage girl and, and, and show, show her. Yeah. Show him, you know, teach them, be there for them, be their friend. Just make it simple. Be their friend. Show yeah. them. You see a young guy at work, grab him, show him, hey, I'm going to show you how to do this. But don't sit there and complain and not grab a young person and try to make a difference in their life. Yeah. Hello. And uh, I can only just, I just so much agree with that. And every, you know, I read something not too long ago too, and it was like the, uh, this generation complaining about the next generation and you're like, and saying that they're this, they're this, they're this, and you know, and you would have thought it was written in 2022, you know, we're just going after it. It was actually like written in 1822 <laughs> and it was like, some things just don't change no, a generational bias, you know, of like, oh, they aren't going to do it. And then they come out and, and, and turn out to be some of the best, but they definitely definitely have some some things that they we whether we have allowed or just society that they're going to need us and you know part of revival is all about that too is that the generations work the heart of the father and the heart of the son turn and so if we don't get a hold of that then we we definitely do lose a generation but if we do get a hold of it it's revival yeah and and god does that and they do sometimes just need us they just need a friend yeah and not somebody that's judging them right my dad was really, really good at that. I got guys that were a little bit older than me now that still I still talk to, and they say, "Hey, I always remember your dad. He, he said good things to me. He was my friend. He didn't he didn't come up to us and judge us. He just wanted to get to know us. And I and so I always keep that in my mind when wow. I see young guys at church. I just, just talk to them, yeah. get to know them, ask them questions. Hey, all right, cool. And I just, just try to make a difference. That's it. Yeah. Simple stuff. Yeah, and like, don't you think they've had it like tough? Like my daughter didn't go to her prom because of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, all that all, that whole three-year thing, I don't know if we'll know the unintended consequences until, you know, maybe 10, 15 yeah, years Cam from now. Cam had to miss, like, a, almost two years of college because he didn't, you know, the whole mass and this and that. They dropped them from classes because they needed to be in person and have this shot and do the. It was just a mess, man. Hot he was so mess. frustrated because he was almost done. And it was just, like, kept going. And it was, like, one thing after the next. We came I think we came back from a vacation and he went to class and they're like, yeah, we dropped you. <laughs> He's like, what? And he was like, yeah, because I didn't want to do what they said they wanted me to do. And then it was just like, yeah. So yeah. I, who knows? Yeah. So that generation obviously needs our love and help yeah. and a little bit of understanding. Yeah. Not a, well, you didn't go nine to five backwards in the snow, walking uphill, <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that says, hey, like my dad, when, the, when they get older, they're going to say, hey, he was cool, man. He yeah. talked to us. He was our friend. You know, he encouraged us. And at least, yeah, I think that's the key. So you, let's jump a little bit. Okay. You were pastoring what I understand of a very successful church 
in North Carolina. Yes, two campuses, North Carolina, North Kakalaka, North in North Kakalaka, <laughs> North Carolina. Yep. I, I I assume that that the living is easier in North Carolina than it is in the heart of SoCal. Yeah, it was really one of those moments where because I'm ask I'm going to ask you. Why? Oh, okay. So is that the question? Is yes. the why? Okay. I'll, I'll try to give two answers okay. to it. Um, things were going very well in North Carolina. Uh, and we actually took over a church in North Carolina because of um, they had a situation like my dad, the pastor, had, had committed oh, wow. like adultery or something like that. And they had a 16-year-old, the, the the wife was still on staff at the church. She had a 16-year-old son, and it was like, what the heck? The Whoa. story was so similar. And so we were like, we're never, we, we always had thought we would pastor in L.A. I've always loved L.A., uh, always thought that. But um, these guys asked us to pastor in North Carolina, and it was the story. Like, what? And then we got there, and God, you know, then, you know, you say, no, we'd never move here. I think my wife was like, you don't even have a Starbucks. We're not coming here. <laughs> and then God, and then she starts crying in the service. I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, God's going to make us move here, isn't she? Wow. And, I'm like, I don't know. and I told her, I was like, babe, we have not disobeyed God. We have been so obedient. He would never make us move here. <laughs> and uh, then he did. And then, of course, it was the best, best church, best decision ever. Wow. Uh, the, you know, 10 years of some of the best friendships, some of the best growth in church, growth in uh, individually. Uh, and so we were there, but there was just always this itch of, I feel like I'm supposed to go back to LA where wow. I was abandoned, you know, like kind of Southern California. And my mom, my biological mom, who I'd never met, I knew she was in LA wow. and I knew that. So that was one thing. And then the other thing was like, I don't know about you, but like I, if I would have stayed in North Carolina, church was growing at two campuses. I could have been that pastor that got really good at golf <laughs> and um and just had a good little you know we had a good staff you needed a challenge yes okay. and so we left everything we left even the church churches we gave the churches they're not ours we're like this is god's this isn't us wow. and took the biggest step of faith moved to la not knowing anybody so it wasn't like we had youth pastored in la and we had like a group of people that were See, now that's you know the part where i'm like yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of that's the street cred i'm talking oh, about right okay there. because so that was it. like man we didn't know anybody in la not nobody like there was no whatever moved to la and it was awkward bro it was so awkward because it was like we're st we're gonna try to start a church and so like you're at starbucks and you like meet somebody and like oh you know you're not from here and like yeah and you're like and they go you know yeah, we're starting a church. And they'd be like, can you do that? And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, they'd say so. And they were like, would you like to be the children's pastor? I mean, it was like, you know, like everybody you meet, you're trying to connect. And it was like, hey, we're having some people over at our house. And they're like, he's multi-level marketing or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're just trying to start a church. And so we really did. We launched in the back, uh, backyard of our house. I mean, we're, we, we're like, this is really starting from nothing grassroots i mean you talk about grassroots i mean this is this is it. yeah it's literally going out and trying to meet people invite them meet people and anybody that you've ever like you know i was preaching a lot at churches so if, uh, like if, hey if you know anybody in la and of course everybody knows somebody in la but then that's like but we're in the south bay and they'd be like in pasadena like okay nope they can't come to our church you right know, but, so just trying to build on that but the thing was in my mind i always had this thought that 
I could see it. Like we'd be having this church service and this woman would come up at the altar and she'd be like, I'm your mom. You know what I mean? Wow. Like an Oprah moment, you know, and I'd be like, mom, you know, and all this stuff. I kind of saw that in my mind. So there was a part of that moving to LA thinking that, well, two things happened. The first week we moved to LA, the week we're unpacking, Rachel's mom had been battling cancer and we thought she had had victory over it. And they called and said, you better get up here right now. She's not going to make it. Oh, wow. And so her, her mom dies of cancer mm. um, the week we moved to L.A. And um, Rachel lost her dad, her mom, three sisters, and um, her grandparents in a period of about four years. So it was just lost, lost, lost in the middle of moving to L.A. to try to plant a church was like that happened. And then I got this weird Facebook message and it was um, from this last name, Schwingdorf. 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 And it was my biological mom's sister. And she says, hey, Israel, I'm your biological mom's sister. I'd be your aunt. And I've been following you guys, stalking you on Facebook for a while. And um, wow. I'm really, really sad to say this, but your biological mom just died last mm -hmm. week and what's weird is we saw that you live in redondo beach and that's where her body is is at the morgue in redondo beach Whoa. so we were like this close but never connected never did that so we start talking or whatever and my 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 mom's sister my aunt i guess you would call it says um is there any way could you do her funeral because we don't know, we don't know anybody church. We're not churched. We don't know anything about church. Could you, could you do her funeral? So the first service as a church planter that we had, we're, we're trying to develop a team, get people to do the first service that we had was my biological mom, who I've never met, funeral with her family. Whoa. And but and then and like um I mean it's just crazy because like I start asking about her questions, you know, if you do a funeral you want to try to get stories from the family and the family's like I'm not trying to find something good. Like if you're a pastor and you ask somebody about their kid, I mean their kid could have killed fifty people, but they would be like, But he read his Bible every day. You know, they're always trying to say something like <laughs> he was you know, so sweet. He was so sweet. So I'm asking my family, I'm like, I get to find out about her. I get to find out about her traits, and they're like, like, I'm like, tell me something good about her. Crickets. Wow. They couldn't, like, she had stole from them. She had just, like, all this stuff. So, they could, so like, I do this. I'm, like, praying. I don't know her. I'm, like, all this stuff. And so I, like, do this altar call about, you know, I don't know about, I don't know about her salvation. I don't know any of that. But I would tell you, you know, some of the things she did good is she, 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 um, she let me get adopted and didn't fight that. She did, you know, so I, by God's grace, I found some positive things like you were yeah. saying to say about it. At the end, I do an altar call. The, my entire family that I've never met, like raises their hands, except wow. Jesus is Lord and all this. And then after at the end, I meet this guy who comes up to me. And he's like, I'm your brother. Your, your mom, Whoa. our mom, um, 
also had you know had me like 10 years later and i was grown up in the foster you know foster home and all this kind of stuff and so it was like oh and then he's like like i was 10 he so i'm 10 years older but because of his life he looked 10 years older than me so it was like this 20 year gap of like you know god's whatever so that was the first service that we did (laughs) and so that's how we got to la and, and it's crazy, man, to think crazy. that God kind of just sealed that. I mean, it just just completed that for you to start the church. Like you, you, you didn't Our get to meet service. her, but you. He's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reward you a little bit, and it's not gonna be what you think, but it's gonna be some closure here. Yeah, and got closure, and it's like, how amazing is that your first service, and then her family gets saved, yeah. and then you meet a brother. Yeah. It's only only God could tell yeah, that story. That's and that was how we started, and uh, yeah, just been blessed ever since. And it's flourishing, and it's flourishing. <laughs> yeah. How did you come up with that name? Uh, Psalms ninety two says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and uh, one of the interesting things they had a hurricane. I think it was back in the sixties um, in uh, Galveston. And they had had some scientists there, and they'd measured um, palm trees, and they'd measured the circumference and the height and all this stuff. And then they had this massive hurricane. Well, the scientists came out again, measured the palm trees and stuff, which, you know, you've seen those videos where the yeah. palm, they come, and they're just like, they're, they, they bend, but they don't, they don't break. break. And, uh, well, then what they realized is after they measured the palm trees, after the storm, they were actually thicker and they were actually taller wow. than before the storm. And so that's my story, like abandoned as a kid. That's my story. Mom finally moved to L.A., finally going to, you know, and she's dead, you know, or Rachel finally here, you know, we're going to start this church and all this. It's like all these things should break us. Mm. But, yeah, they were bending. But by God's grace, we're actually Flourish. And so the Bible says, we shall flourish like a palm tree. And so I think some people have some stories that, like, your story, your dad, you're, better, you're a better dad to your son than, you know, and it's like, the, it, didn't, it didn't break you. Yeah. Uh, it might have bent you, but actually, if we measured the circumference and measured the height, you've actually so cool. grown through that. So that's where we got the word flourishing, wow. and it's a, it's a great word, right? Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. How do you stay positive, man? You, this is the first time I heard your story. When you preach, you shared a couple little things. And I knew a couple little things about you because I asked around. Oh. But you always seem positive in your posts, in, in, in your life. When you came here, it's genuine uh, happiness, genuine joy. I know it's from the Lord, but th- there has to be something that, that's ticking in you that's a little bit different than everybody. Because I, I, I didn't know about your wife Rachel losing all those people yeah. in her family that's that's it's, it's heavy to lose one person but you know a whole entire you know family it's yeah. it's it's rough your story like you can blame everything on on like everybody does right blame everything on your bad life and how you got brought up and just point the fingers and we we see stories you know you watch intervention and you wait for that part where they say oh, this is the reason why they're on drugs right and and because this and that but how do you get through that? How do you stay positive through all of that? 
Oh, I wish. I mean, I think it. I mean, I honestly do believe it's a part of my somehow a little bit of my makeup. Yeah, because I um, like if you said, well, what do you do or whatever? I wouldn't be able to like break it down because I am that way. I do, though. I do know that I hate negativity, which can also sometimes be a fault because it's like, well, no, we have to fix this Israel. You know, if it's a church thing, you're like, la, 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 I don't want to hear it. But, but no, and it's not that I don't want to address things or do that, but I am, I, I like to be positive. I want to be around positive people. Right. And so I don't like, you know, the people that are just always negative, I just would, I would probably slowly X them out of my life would just be like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to surround myself with those kind of people kind of want to be that. So I think a little bit of it is natural. And then I think, um, maybe my stories made me more positive as like, but by the grace of God, yes. yeah. so I've already like, you know, I've already won the lottery. Like mm. I won the lottery. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm so blessed that I'm still here. A great I'm way so to look at things. Ble- you know, like. I shouldn't be here. So now I am. So I think it's a little bit like that. And just like, you know, pastoring um, and all those things is like, we get to do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, (laughs) like we were the two dumb kids in Bible college. How did God allow us to do this? So I think there's a little bit of that, just constantly aware of and being grateful of what, like, I'm here with you. Like, you you had, like, what? I'm on a podcast? <laughs> and the people that you have interviewed, just like, I'm just grateful. And so I think there's a little bit of it. It's natural. But then I think it has to, I hope, it ties into just gratitude of, like, how good God has been compared to what it should have been. So crazy. I, I think, like, the, the last two weeks, we had the last podcast, we had Jesse Hogan. He got, he got shot. And I'm thinking... You know, he's in his wheelchair, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, Jesse, was that like, like, like the worst thing that probably happened to you? He goes, it was the best thing. Wow. And I go, the best thing? He, he goes, yeah, I can say that. He goes, because I gave my life to Jesus that night. He saved my life. And although I'm in this wheelchair, I got saved. Wow. And I'm alive. And, I'm, and, and I went to the White House six times. You know, I, I've, I speak everywhere. You know, he goes, I, that was the best. God wow. saved me. And I. And just like you, I mean, you say you won the lottery. I mean, that's the way Jesse was like, like he felt like, yeah, I'm alive. Like this is great. I, I survived. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget. It's it's very easy to have the, to remember the negative and oh, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And then we forget like, man, let's go down the line. Pastor Adam preached a great sermon the last two weeks. It's, it's been awesome. But he, but he said to say the things heaven would say. Wow. Think the things heaven would think. Do the things heaven would do. And so I've been getting like a little negative. I said, is that what heaven would say? Or that what heaven would think? Like, no. What would heaven say? You know, we, we let's let's speak some positivity. Come and, on. And, and I don't think it's a, I think sometimes people get like that guru type stuff, right? And, it's like, and, and that's not the true, you know, that's not the true joy. That's kind of like tricking yourself into that. But I think when you really believe and say, no, this is what God promised. This is what he says in his word. This is what I'm going to do. I think that's when we, like, I was like, yeah, oh, I that's love it. true. 
No, I, 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 and I am a big, I think my dad was in that, was just, you know, the, the life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what yeah. you declare was something that we ra- were raised with. Like, and it was to the extreme. Like, we don't go to retreats. We only advance. You know, there was a little bit of uh, <laughs> old, little school. Bit old school on yeah. that. But I think that's always been like, you know, what we say is so important. And I love what Pastor Adam is saying is like, is that the, the word of heaven? And I just was reading, I think I'm preaching on it on um, Sunday is just... Um, you know, God gives prophetic word to Jeremiah and Jeremiah goes, I'm too young. And God says, don't say that. And so there is a biblical principle, whether a guru or whatever, yeah. his God is like, what we say is very important. Yeah. So for consistently always negative or always what's, you know, then that's going to always be that way. And if we can, uh, you know, speak into those things, you know, man. I'm blessed, you yeah. know, and remembering it, it does change. Because in reality, how, how do you have faith without speaking faith? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going to believe God. No, we're, we're, we're going to, this is going to happen. We're, we're praying for that. That's going to happen. We're going to believe God. And it's not a, it's not like a, a, a false faith. It's just like, hey, we got to believe. And if you don't say it, then it kind of just like. Jesus says, speak to that mountain, you know, yeah. so there is power in what we say, and we have to declare God's word. Uh, I, I just don't know. Maybe that is the innate where I'm like, like, well, that's part of my culture, but maybe it's really, I think maybe being taught that is, you know, declaring, declaring those things that aren't as though they are, but then also just the power of praise, yeah. you know, the power of just rejoicing. I mean, yeah, I just, I've just been too blessed to not uh, be positive, I guess, too. <laughs> I could be annoying. I could be one of those annoying positive people. I know people. you don't come out, you don't come off as that. There's uh, there's annoying positive people. Right? <laughs> it, it, we all know those people and you're just like, dude, come on, please stop. Fate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, my coffee's bad at Starbucks. Oh well, I'm still gonna drink it. It's like, no, I'm going in and I'm gonna exchange it and get the right <laughs> come on. Yeah. No, I'm I'm eternally optimistic. I do know that. I always do see some good in some things. Yeah. Um but- Cam's like that. Yeah, I was very optimistic. Come on. He's, he, I would say Cam is the most optimistic guy in the house. That's you a know, great he, trait. It is a great trait because he looks at the good, even in people. Sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know about that guy. And he goes, Dad, you know, the guy is pretty good. He does At least he does this. And I, and I get convicted right away because this guy would be like, hey, did you think about this? And I'm like, okay. And he's like, hey, we got it. And he's very positive. So I, even even his mom would say that too because he, and that's just part of his nature. Like he looks at the positive stuff and a positive part of people, and it's it's helped me. Do has, did you? Where did he get that? Did you innate, or did you teach it, or do you, you didn't get it from me? I'll tell you. I'm just to be honest. I'll be honest. I'm better at it now, but uh, you know, we can all get better at it. So yeah. there might be personalities that just do that, but. Like I any, think it's part of his DNA. But any skill can be taught. But I believe, yeah, I believe like yeah. I'm getting better at it. Like I, I, I know now like that doesn't have to be a part of me. Yeah. I don't have to accept negative. You know what I mean? I don't have to be negative. I don't have to think negative. Like check check that for a second. Cool. You know, it so good. I think it's a language too, right? Yeah. And so if you can learn another language, you know, that's what they have. All the, all the little 
apps you can get to learn another language. Yeah. You know, they're always promoting that so that if you go somewhere exotic, you'll be able to say it in that right. language. That's the language of faith, right? A language yeah. of faith is just different than the world's language. And so we can learn that and get fluent in it right. and get better at it. Right now, you might be like me. I'm so, I'm, I'm even bad at English. So to try to learn something else, <laughs> like if I'm on the mission field or something like you're like, I think one time I tried to say, God bless you, brethren, or something like that. And I said, gracias, adios. Uh, and I, whatever, however I said it, it was like blessing the bandits. Like I didn't, I said, God bless you, bandits. Benditos. So, yes, I said it wrong. And they were like, no, no, be quiet. And so, you know, you got to work on it. You don't get better by just then, you know, if it goes then bad. Then we could start that, uh, that uh, second service in Spanish, you know, Pastor is Israel, Israel. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, I appreciate you coming out, man. Oh man, it's an honor. That was so much fun. Can I just say one thing? Of course, I love what you're doing, and I know that so many times you love the guests and what they're doing, but I think you need to hear from somebody from the outside Thank that you. what you're doing and Cam is doing, you know, you could be doing anything right now. I'm sure there's a plenty of things on your list that you could be doing, but you're doing this and you're making a difference. And uh, I can't wait to hear more and more people coming up to you I appreciate uh, saying, man, your podcast is making a difference. And I can't wait. I think there's going to be a season. I just believe prophetically that even around the nation, people are going to ask you Oof. to be on their awesome. show and get ready to be able to interview people. I know you've can hear, but like, I think you're going to interview some significant people that wow. are around the nation and you know, you'll have to do their webcam. I don't even know how y'all do all that kind of tech stuff. That'd be awesome. But Kim will figure it Cam out. Kim will figure it out. That's Kim will figure it right? out. They'll figure it out. Thank you. I receive that. I just believe that. Thank you. Love Appreciate you guys. that Pastor Israel. We do one more thing. Uh Oh, one more thing. We call it the furious five. Oh, no. And we asked you five furious questions. Oh, okay. And weren't you supposed to send these to me or something nope. like that? That's the reason oh, why they're furious. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to drink some water. I'm so nervous. Let me, let me, let me. All right. Question number one, the street gospel furious five. Yes. Everyone goes to someone. But as a pastor, who do you go to? I've got a pastor. Really? Yeah. I uh, just talking to him the other day, Michael Derso. He's pastoring in New York City. Wow. Pastors in Queens. Oh, let's go. And has been, I think, close to pastoring for like 40 years. So, yeah, if I had a, if I had a question or a problem, I would go to him. Awesome. Or there's another guy, Bishop Bolin in Atlanta. Uh, 40 year. I think they just celebrated 40 years just a couple weeks ago. And so, yeah, that's as a pastor, I go to other pastors. I have some friends that are like, I would go to Adam. You know, I think it's good to have people that are, um, above you and then other people that are running the same race with you. Yeah. How do we do this? How do we do this? And then, you know, asking some of the veterans and the generals too. Right. I like to have, what do they say? Uh, horizontal friends and vertical friends. So good. Right. Yeah. Yep. Question number two. You and your wife, Rachel, yep. look like you have a wonderful marriage. What is your guys' secret to a great marriage? Been married 26 years awesome. this September. And uh, our key is, I mean, there's a lot of things, but... Uh, so you said this September? This September. What day? 27th. 24th. Whoa! How 20, many years? 29. 29? Yes. 
Don't ask me any wedding marriage questions. I'm You're the veteran. You. I'm always willing to learn. 29. I think that for us, uh, learning to fight fair. So we I don't, br- like we fight. We So we're not the, the cute, kin, I don't know, Thomas Kincaid photo of <laughs> perfection. We uh, we have, what, what, no, Christian, I guess we don't fight. Christian is intense fellowship. Is that the right word? Uh, we have Fighting in, fair. Fighting fair. Yeah. And, and so we do. So we don't go into the words like you always, you know, yeah. fighting fair. You always do this or you always, you know, no, 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 that's not fair. Let's no, talk no about apologies with butts. Oh, yes. That's, a, that's real apologies. Rules. Yes. So those are those are things fighting fair like and with the goal, yes, we disagree. But the goal is to how do we come out of this unified? And so yeah, there's no problem with us disagreeing. Like that's part of like Venus Mars all those kind of things, yeah. you know. So we we are different. But now how do we f- let's fight to win. Like let's fight this so that we're together closer. So good. Yeah. Question number three. Yeah. If you weren't a pastor and you could pick any occupation out there, what would you have picked? Stand-up comedian. A stand-up comedian. I can see that. I would love it. I'm still (laughs) tempted today to like my side hustle. You're like, oh, pastors make too much money. I'm like, I'm about to make a lot of money if I got got funny. Laugh factory. Here he comes. That's right. I would do it. You would do it. I would do it. I want to see that. Yeah, I I think I wouldn't swear or anything. No, but no, I think no. I think I would say something that would get a sound bite, and they'd be like, "You're supposed to be a pastor," and like not making fun of <laughs> deaf people or I don't know whatever it would be that I would do, and I'd get in trouble. I have I I have the biggest fear. I I, I don't swear. Okay. So I have the biggest. Every time I go up and preach, my biggest fear is that a cuss word would come out. But I don't know, and I, I don't swear. Don't have that fear, because what is it like if you, I think there's a scripture or something, like if you even focus on that, then, I then it will happen. I try not to, and I'm like, and I talk slower when I start, when it pops, the enemy's like putting it in my head right in the middle, and I, I, I'm not one of those fast type preachers that just, okay. you know, what I mean? I'm talking slow, and I'm trying to think, and I'm like, have you is it started yet? like no it oh, hasn't okay. never started but there's been times when i've like i've been like whoa like where did, and i'm not a cusser yeah i'm not a cusser either but i think you might get more like st- street cred um because like all these pastors now are cussers and i'm like what's what, what's up with the cussing I pastors know, i don't know not in our genre of people I, but yeah they're not yeah cussing and drinking and i don't know there anyways a whole a whole nother Question number, what question are you on, Kim? Three? Four. Question number four, the Street Gospel Furious Five. Best place to eat in Gardena. You don't have a spot? Not in Gardena. Okay. In the South Bay? <laughs> yeah. The go-to. Okay, so, Not so, in Gardena. Uh, there actually is a Mexican restaurant. I, is I, there? I, I'm pretty sure it's in Gardena. I'm going to send it to you. Please send it I to me. I went there. My friend had a birthday party there. We drove all the way out there. And it was there, and I thought, oh, this is the hood spot. Okay, but it was by, super good. By your church, though, Rachel and I uh, will, like, like you guys will be like, oh, they're always in a hurry. It's because there is a, a restaurant not too far in Anaheim that is a Mexican food taco place okay. that is our favorite. Okay. And I'll have to, I'll send you it. It's my, it's okay. my favorite. Um, we actually, during COVID, we drove to Gardena. And there was a uh, Mexican lunch truck. 
I forgot what it was called, but it was like Benihana, but it had like a Mexican hot sauce spin on it. We drove all the way over there. Okay, so there's a place in Palos Verdes um, that overlooks the water, and there is a Starbucks. So depending on your level of budget, okay, okay, I'll tell you, there's a Starbucks. So we tell our young, um, you know, young adults, cheap date, man. You see over the water, <laughs> get a Starbucks. Then the next one over is Subway. There so, you go. So you know, if, you know, depending on your get budget or whatever, you could do that. And then next to it, now if you're rolling, you're a high roll. It's not really expensive, but there's a Thai food. Okay. So depending on where you're at in life, it could be a coffee, you could do lunch, or you could do. <laughs> dinner at the Thai food and that Thai food restaurant is one of my favorites okay yeah all right question number five but last it's not one. in Gardena it's not in Gardena uh, the street gospel furious five last one last one if you had one wish for the church in America what would it be wow and I can't wish for five more wishes because nope. the church in America needs more it doesn't than more but if you could only get thing. one oh I health i would just wish they would be healthy healthy yeah yeah i think that that's i love the church and uh i think that it's who jesus is coming back for but healthy church is is probably the best church right healthy church a healthy church i agree no i agree you have a healthy church right you have healthy families you have healthy everything you have a healthy church healthy nation yes because it impacts healthy healthy churches are usually run by healthy pastors healthy pastors healthy churches healthy congregants families families community city nation so, so good so goes the church so goes the nation huh yeah, true one thousand percent well do i get to ask you questions uh no <laughs> you know what it's funny that you say that i i had a guy on hilarious not not a believer but a great guy. taco god okay he goes around and he gives reviews of ta- of tacos at all these spots every spot in LA he's been there's, wow. there's nobody that can tell him anything different because he's been to every spot. Is he nervous with the word God? I get would be get nervous if you added my name to God. He is the greatest. He's like one of my, my favorite guests, right, Cam? He's the only one that. No, Mar, Marcellus Wiley came on twice, but uh, Taco God was the first guy to come back. We were, we just met online. I I love what he was doing. I thought he was funny. He is funny, and he came on. And we became great friends. Wow. And I had him on again. And uh, he's not a believer. He goes, I, I didn't think you were going to have me on because uh, the name, Taco God. I go, I'm fine, dude. Okay. Josh Adam loves this guy. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. But, uh, yeah, he, he goes, and, 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 and he's the only one that asked me questions. He goes, I got five questions for you. I'm going to do this Furious Five. And I said, okay. So I go, go ahead. And so, he did. Yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, one question. Yes. What if you were to give a book away to somebody besides the Bible? What book would you give? I would give because I saw your collection. Where's my? I would give. Um, it's over. It's over. Is it in there? Uh, Unbroken, the story. Oh. Louis Zamperini, the guy from Torrance. Yes, he's from Torrance. Wow. Great story. Yeah. I mean, amazing story. I, I, I mean, the movie kind of did a disservice for him, I think, because they didn't really tell the story of his, uh, how he got, got converted. He got saved at a Billy Graham crusade in L.A. I never knew that. His wife went, like, I think one or two nights, and he didn't want to come. He was alcoholic. He was 
was bad. And he finally went and he got saved at the Billy Graham Crusade in L.A. Wow. And, I mean, that makes the story. 40-something days in, uh, in the middle of the ocean, World War II, shot down in a plane, prisoner of war for, I don't know, I think it was like two years. I mean, became a believer, lived a great life right here. I mean, that, that he's one of my heroes. So I always tell everybody, it, it, believer, non-believer, read that book because it just it, that that was i used to be a big reader in high school then i kind of fell away didn't read read my word a little bit didn't really like reading i got that book years ago and i read that book and ever since then i like to read love it so yeah that's okay. the book i would read unbroken louis zamperini love it awesome appreciate you coming out anything you want to shout out no nothing i'm not a shout out here <laughs> I got no street cred. I don't oh, even stop. don't even know what to shout out. Didn't even know. You know what we? I don't have no street cred either. But I, tell, I, I will say this: tell your pastors I love them. They're yeah, the best. They are. They're they're great people, and you're great people too. Thanks for coming thank on. You. Awesome. Appreciate thank you. you. Ugh.